Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. That is right, my friends. You have tuned in to America's Home for Conservative, Not Bitter Talk and Education. It is a pleasure to be here this morning. Email address, Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. Facebook, YouTube, I think YouTube, I don't know. Just a matter of time before they take us down there. Twitter. And it's good to be here this morning. So I want to start today. Yesterday we talked about, spent a lot of time talking about how the uh, Biden, President Biden, has started a commission to look into the Supreme Court, look into basically how to make it better. Basically, when you get down to it, how to get the court how to get the court to go along with liberalism even more with the radical left's regressive, not progressive, regressive agenda. The regressive agenda that seems to find problems with free speech, the regressive agenda that seems to find problems with Americans' rights to keep and bear arms, the regressive agenda that really has a problem with choice, There's one issue, one issue, there may be a second one, but one primary issue that the left is in favor of choice, and they'll say, my body, my choice. Of course, it's dealing with someone else's body when it comes to abortion. But nonetheless, nonetheless, that's the one issue where they believe choice, choice matters, um, But every other area, you're supposed to bow down to the government, the experts, the technocrats. And so I want to do two things today primarily. One, I want to start with um, an interview, Jim Acosta of Fake News CNN. (laughs) Uh, He has on on his program... Dirty Harry Reid. This is a flash from the past. Dirty Harry Reid. That is a hat tip. The name there. A hat tip to the great Rush Limbaugh who knew Dirty Harry or Harry Reid as Dirty Harry. Dirty Harry Reid used to be the leader of the Senate, the speaker, or excuse me, the uh, majority leader or minority leader, depending upon which particular session of Congress he was, um, you know, we were we were in. And so he um, was on with Jim Acosta, I guess this was yesterday, or maybe this was even over the weekend now that I look at this, but I hadn't seen this until yesterday, late last night. So I want to play a soundbite from that, and then I want to talk about not just a commission for changing the structure of the United States Supreme Court, which is what Biden is doing, We talked about that again yesterday. 
But now we have a House committee, a House committee, House of Representatives, that is about to vote on reparations. Every time I hear the word reparations, I'm reminded of the Indian wedding episode of Seinfeld when George demands for reparations from from Jerry. Uh, Anyway, the House is voting, a committee is voting, as to whether or not they will create a commission. This is what leftists and lovers of big government do. They create commissions to tell us things. Of course, these are people that are highly decorated experts. These are people we're supposed to have great, profound respect for. These are people like Dr. Fauci, for example. He wouldn't be on this commission, but just to give you an example, these are the people that we we push out in front of the cameras and we say, this expert has said it is time to do this, right? Whatever this is. And this is usually, this is usually, whatever this is at the moment that comes from a commission is usually something that walks lockstep with the radical left's agenda. And so I want to talk about that as well, the issue of reparations. But I want to start where I told you we wanted to start. And there's a couple things I might want to do in between those the, the two things in particular. But I want to play I want to play this discussion, this conversation of a clip of this conversation between Dirty Harry, Dirty Harry Reed, and Jim Very Fake News Acosta, as Trump called him. I want you to listen to this. I want you to hear the just the I mean, Jim Acosta seems a little bit discouraged by what Harry Reid is saying about packing the court here. You could tell, you know, they've come to this moment. Again, I've said this several times. I just think it needs repeating. I think I think we need to truly understand what is going on in the minds of today's leaders of the Democrat Party. A couple of things. Number one, number one, you've seen a little bit of conflict between Nancy Pelosi and AOC. And if you haven't seen that, I will tell you that that now is in existence, and it has been for some time. Remember AOC, they were trying to get a different speaker than Nancy, but look, Nancy Pelosi's a lot of things, even a lot of bad things, one might say. But she is a she's good at playing politics. She knows how to do this. She knows how to uh, get the vote she needs. She knows how to get herself elected and reelected and all this sort of stuff. She knows how to become... Um, basically a a lifer in in congress and even the speaker you don't accomplish that feat by not knowing what you're you're doing especially in the democrat party but you've got some tension in the democrat party but you also have some eager expectations and those expectations are that this is our chance this is our chance to truly build back better that was the stupid slogan that Biden used whenever he decided a campaign in front of eight people in cars, uh, sitting in cars outside a stage. The cars are even socially distanced. Occasional honking, as I've said to you before, is when someone dozed off in the car and their head landed on the steering wheel and honked the horn. Guarantee it. That is that is the source of any honking you heard because nothing the guy said was worthy of a horn honk. 
Maybe they were trying to honk at him, I suppose, to keep him back on, to get him back on track. Joe, you're talking gibberish. Honk, honk. Get back on the subject. Of course, that probably still wouldn't help. But anyway, when he did decide to campaign, he used this phrase, build back better. Right? And I think, I think for a lot of people, they don't really understand what is packed into those three little words, build back better for the radical left and even for a big chunk of today's democrat party build back better means to pack the court build back better means to change anything anything even with their voter fraud laws they're trying to pass even with these voter fraud pieces of legislation that they're trying to introduce in hr One, the so-called For the People Act. Give me a break. This is is their opportunity. This is their chance. This allows them to build back better and to change anything. And I mean anything, folks, that allows Republicans any sort of advantage whatsoever to win. They want to eliminate that. It is not just to advance their ideology at this particular point in time. It is about making sure, making positive that Republicans never become a majority party again. These individuals in the Democrat Party and some of the radical leftists that they represent around this nation, just some, a percentage, this isn't all Democrats, and I've made that clear if you've listened to this program for some time, but... There is a chunk of people in the Democrat Party who are radically unhinged, unhinged, off the spectrum, insane. Common sense has long since left the building with them. And they are they are completely living in a world of post-Trump stress disorder. It's kind of like it's a form of PTSD. They do not want... Under any circumstances, they want under no circumstances to have to deal with what they've dealt with with President Trump. That was terrifying for them. President Trump came in and talked about building a wall. Are you kidding me? President Trump got people to vote that never voted before. President Trump got more of the black vote than any president in modern history. He was attractive to the Hispanic vote. This was not, this is bad news for the left. This guy represented so much. And when he got into office, he just didn't say things and then sit back and not do them. He actually tried to implement the agenda that he ran on. This was terrifying for them. They had no control. Their only opportunity was to attack this guy, malign this guy at every turn was to sick the likes of Jim Acosta on President Trump, was to create fake stories like the Russian dossier, all this stuff. This was their only opportunity, Russian collusion, all this silly, stupid, ridiculous stuff. This was the only chance that they had, they thought, from preventing them. This You got to think, their goal is to build back better. And what that means is to remake America to remake America into some radical leftist nation, to remake America as something different than as founded. President Trump was taking it back. Make America great again. 
Oh, that sends shivers down their spines, my friends. Make America great again. That is the opposite of building back better. In fact, that is taking America, doubling down on the principles the founders enshrined in our Constitution and Declaration and the Bill of Rights and so forth. This could not, this cannot happen. And so they feel like they defeated Trump, and it took everything they had. It took 92, 93, 95, whatever percent it is, of negative nonstop news coverage attacking the president for four years. It took that nonstop. It took the likes of Jim Acosta. It took the likes of Vox and Vice and all these organizations and the mainstream media and all these make-believe journalists out there to constantly wage a propaganda war against the president of the United States, the former president, to get them to this point. And they were on they, – they felt like they were on the edge of losing it all. They thought this guy could possibly get reelected, and then this idea of building back better maybe probably – it's never permanently defeated, but at least put on – uh, a major, major hold, and they could not have that. And they are suffering, and I'm not – look, I say these things just to make a, a point. This is a, They might think it's equivalent to PTSD. Some of them do, I'm sure, but it's not. But it's a, it's a similar, much less intense, of course, but it's similar. And they, they experience an event of Trump, and they are not. They, they are triggered by any mention of his name. They are triggered by any person out there that reminds them of Trump. That's why they are hell-bent on stopping the likes of Ron DeSantis. They are hell-bent on stopping the likes of Matt Gates. And look, I can say that without even knowing, and I don't know. I don't know which what of these things that these folks have been accused of are true or not or whatever. But the point is, the point is that I know every ounce of my fiber knows that they are that is their mission that is their mission whether something is true or not their mission is to stop these guys they do not want to be staring down looking at another potential trump-esque figure they don't want that they've seen what that does they seen they have seen how that energizes people to vote they have seen how that creates a movement a movement that they thought, folks, they thought that they were truly, they were you know, one foot hanging off the cliff of falling from their desires and their dreams and their ambitions to do what they're trying to do now. They were just, even though Democrats control the House, the Senate, and the presidency, you look at the number of, of things that had to just tip in their favor slightly. If these things would have tipped in Republicans' favor, we could have quite easily a President Trump, a Republican Senate, and possibly the House is a little bit further off, but Republicans weren't too far off from that. We could be looking at a dramatically different situation, and they realized that it took every ounce of their energy, every ounce of their fake news, every ounce of their propaganda, every ounce of their insatiable nonstop attacks against the President of the United States to get them to this point. And so they see that finish line. They see the finish line, which is establishing an election that, with, with the For the People Act, that does not allow the president or Republicans to have a legitimate chance of winning. And they're cool with that. That is a good thing. 
And then on top of that, they want they want to actually change this nation as founded. They want to change this nation from being a nation founded upon liberty, the Constitution, and they want to make it to candidly a bigger a bigger state. They want to make it more socialist, one would say. They want to provide you with things the government should do for you, whether it be, it doesn't matter what it is. Government liberals making decisions on behalf of everyone else. It's a technocracy, right? It's, it's technocrats. It's, it's experts. We're ruled by experts. We're, we're being told gradually that we're too stupid to live our lives. We're too stupid to know how to do anything. And the, the experts have to come in and tell us what to do. And we're just supposed to blindly follow, ask no questions, have no problems. We've seen this with Dr. Fauci and COVID. I am, I am amazed by how many times we've been told truly conflicting opposite things within a short period of time. Media has no problem with this. Um, this video, this video on, I'm, I'm talking here on the radio too, but the video version of this may come down off of YouTube because of that simple statement. Anyway, Oz is telling me it's time to take a break. She's right. When we get back, I want to play a soundbite of this interview uh, with uh, it's Jim Acosta and Dirty Harry. Play that. Get into some other things as well. Quick timeout is in order. Be back here in just a minute. My friends, by the way, my vast, vast, vast team of attorneys has informed me I must tell you, remind you that listening to this program may in fact cause you to lean to the right. So be very cautious out there today, this morning, operating heavy machinery. Heck, if you're listening to this as a podcast walking, you might find yourself drifting off to the right. Just be very, very cautious today. As we do that, by the way, the program also brought to you by our friends at Indiana Geothermal. Indiana Geothermal provides geothermal systems here in central Indiana. For more information as to whether or not a geothermal unit is good for you, would save you and your family money on your heating and cooling bills, check them out, indianageothermal.com, 317-829-1490, 317-829-1490, geothermal.com They'll get you some information to review your options and to see if that is a good fit for you. I've known the folks there for Gemini probably, I'm telling you what, it's getting close, getting close to... 20 years now, probably at least 15, 17, 18, something like that, IndianaGeothermal.com. So I promised you this soundbite. This is Jim Acosta talking to Dirty Harry. I should say, let me back up. I should say Jim Very Fake News Acosta interviewing Dirty Harry Reid on Very Fake News CNN. It's a perfect trifecta here. You've got... You got so much wrong with this picture. Anyway, Jim Acosta is talking to Dirty Harry about, well, about packing the court, about packing the court and about this 
uh, Biden's commission to study the Supreme Court. I want you to listen to this. I want you to see. You can't see it. I want you to listen to it. You'll hear it. The disappointment, the utter disappointment in Jim Acosta's, well, you can't see his eyes, but you can hear it in his voice. It's like, come on, Harry. We fought so hard for this point. Everything I said last segment kind of set the, the framework of getting Biden to, you know, have this commission. And now you're telling us he may not actually, the commission may not find that we should pack the court. Harry, I thought you were a fighter is basically what he says here. I want you to listen to this again. Jim, very fake news. Acosta talking with dirty Harry Reid on fake news CNN. Here you go. Something sort of uh, thought provoking came out of the Biden administration this past week, and it didn't get a lot of attention because there's so much going on in the news. He's now created a commission to look at adding seats to the Supreme Court, other ideas uh, that some progressives are pushing for. Uh, they want to see the uh, court's conservative majority uh, be balanced. Uh, where do you stand on that? Do you think it's a good idea to add seats to the Supreme Court? I think it's, we should be very, very careful in doing so. I have no problem with the commission, but I think that the commission uh, is going to come back and disappoint a lot of people because I think they're going to come back and say, we should just kind of leave it alone. I think it would be inappropriate at this time after that long history we've had in the country, have term limits for judges. Uh, I think that we better be very, very careful in saying that uh, we need to expand the Supreme Court. I think we better be very, very careful. Okay. Former Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid, I think some people might be surprised to hear you say that because uh, you were you were definitely a fighter when you were in the Senate and, and like to take it to the other side. But it sounds like you're urging caution uh, moving forward in that regard. Uh, yeah, Senator let, Reid. Let, me, let me just say one. Let me say one thing. Mm -hmm. yeah. The filibuster yeah. is on its way out. It's not a question if it's a question when you cannot have a democracy that takes 60 percent of the vote. And so it's only a question of time till the filibuster goes away. All right, Senator Reid, we'll see if that happens. Thanks so much. So, we Jim Acosta is dumbfounded. He is – the wind has been taken out of his sail. He's like, I got this guy on here, Dirty Harry, who's not afraid to do whatever it takes to win. He's a fighter. Democrats are fighters whenever they do whatever it takes. Republicans, when they fight back, are uh, you know Nazis and all this sort of stuff. By the way, did you notice how he framed this? I just I get tickled by this stuff. It, it entertains me to no end. Now it's it's dangerous. Don't misunderstand as well. But Democrats, this commission is thoughtful. Hey, you know, suddenly maybe maybe there's some things we need to do to change the Supreme Court. And all the academics stroke their chins and oh, we got to take this seriously. And you know, it, it may be time. It may be time to do this. You know, as though it's some sort of a um, it, it was something that they were even considering or, or mentioning when Trump was was president. Of course, that's been completely false. If Trump would have introduced this, if Trump had a commission as to whether or not he should expand the court, can you imagine? Can you imagine the people flipping out of their minds saying that this was an assault on our democracy? This president is trying to establish his uh, his, his cement, his legacy, and fundamentally changing this nation forever. And, oh, they would have been wailing and crying from the rooftops. Jim Acosta would not have been sitting down with, say, a former Republican senator 
and questioning whether or not this commission, this thoughtful commission would have been, um, you know, if it would have make a recommendation to actually change the justices, the number of justices on the court and so forth. Folks, this is all about power. This is so patently obvious. This isn't even good political theater. Normally, they at least try to engage in some good political theater. Now, they're all playing a game. They're all stroking their chins and acting like, oh, this is very thought-provoking and this is an important discussion to have. Of course, it's important to have at this particular point because they control the power. They don't stand to lose anything. They're trying to pull a fast one on the American people because there is no risk here. If they don't get away with it, they just start where we are today. If they get away with it, they get to fundamentally remake this nation. They get to build back better. That's what they get to do. Are you going to let them do it? Am I going to let them do this? Is the American people, are the American people going to let them get away with this? Remaking America right before our very eyes as they stroke their chins and contemplate the deep, profound questions before us that only arose when they had complete control of the House, the Senate, and the executive branch, the presidency. What a coincidence. Anyway, timeout is in order. When we get back, I want to talk a little bit about something else we got a commission on. These commissions are going to start coming out of our ears. These commissions are going to find the technocrats, the experts, are going to find all sorts of things that America can or should or even must, must do at this critical point in time. And the latest is reparations. Reparations. Reparations, as Costanza would say. Timeouts in order. We'll come back and talk about that. You're listening here to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. Going to talk now a little bit about the latest commission that may be on its way to a Congress near you, and that is Commission on Reparations. Reparations. You know, I've said on this program quite a bit that if you wanted to, if you wanted to find a way to make sure that this concept of unifying America was completely the odds of that happening would be zero then ask one group of americans to cut a check to another group of americans for something that they the people writing the check had nothing nothing to do with nothing to do with this issue of reparations dealing with with slavery washingtonexaminer.com <clears throat> Headline of the article, House Set to Vote for Slavery Reparations Commission. Here's what the article says. A House committee this week will take an unprecedented vote to create a commission. Of course, this is what leftists do, to study providing federal federal reparations. That means via federal taxes, which if a liberal's tuned in here today, federal taxes are paid by Americans. It's, you know, the, the government doesn't create money. It taxes Americans to get money. 
businesses, individuals, and that money comes to them through the form of taxation. They don't create any, uh, they, they don't produce anything. I guess you could say um, that they they don't produce anything in the traditional sense, but they do use the funds. I mean, I'm not, look, I'm not arguing for zero taxes. That's not at all what I'm saying. I am saying that it does that they have to tax people and take money from people in order to fund whatever either legitimate purpose or ludicrous purpose that they have concocted in their minds. And so now we're looking to have a study to look into the possibility of reparations paid to the descendants of black slaves. House Democrats say they have the political momentum to advance H.R. 40 to an act to create a commission to study and develop reparation proposals for black people. Jerry Nadler has some things to say about this. The historic markup of H.R. 40 is intended to continue a national conversation about how to confront the beautiful, uh, the brutal mistreatment of African Americans during slavery, segregation, the enduring structural racism that remains endemic to our society today. The Judiciary Committee, run by Democrats, is expected to advance the legislation to the House floor in a vote on Wednesday. That would be tomorrow. While the reparations bill was first introduced more than three decades ago by the late Representative John, uh, John Conyers, a Michigan Democrat, the measure gained traction in the last two years after Democrats regained control of Congress and a new racial justice movement spread across this nation. The bill's sponsor, the great Representative Sheila Jackson Lee from Houston, Texas, a Democrat from, well, Democrat from Texas, told CBS News last week, the timing is great. The time, you know why the timing is great? Because they've got power and they've got a full-on blitzkrieg assault on different fronts they're fighting to advance their liberal agenda in all directions, from packing the court to sneaking in you know, parts of the Green New Deal and the so-called infrastructure bill. By the way, Ted Cruz said 5% of the infrastructure bill was for actual infrastructure. Other studies have shown... The biggest percentage I've seen is 37%. So at best, only one out of every $3 spent in this monstrosity that now the, uh, the the parliamentarian is allowing Democrats to use reconciliation again to pass this thing. Only one in $3 at best. At, at worst, maybe one in $20 is actually spent on infrastructure. So they're pushing in all sorts of directions here. She says it's the perfect time. The timing is great. Representative Sheila Jackson Lee, Democrats believe, going back to the article here, they can leverage recent civil unrest related to police misconduct as well as opposition to new red state voter laws and anger over wealth disparities to help push the bill into law. That's exactly correct. That's what they want to. That's what they want to do. That's why one of the reasons why they're crying so much about this bill, this piece of legislation, the law now passed in the state of Georgia. That's why they're saying how racist it is and so forth. Of course, anyone who studies this, anyone who knows what it says, knows that is patent absurdities and nonsense. But nonetheless, this is where we find ourselves today, and as such. As such, this is 
part of the reasons why we need to look and have a commission look into the possibilities of having reparations paid to descendants of slaves in this nation, paid by, paid for by those of us who were not. So, quick timeout is in order. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. We'll pick up on this when we get back. Sit tight. Back in just a minute. My friends, program brought to you in part by our friends at Greg Hubler Chevrolet in Canby. Just a short trip south down Kentucky Avenue, State Road 67, south and west of the city of Indianapolis. Greg has been a friend of this program and an advertiser for some time. Check him out. GregHublerChevy.com is the website, GregHublerChevy.com, or visit them in person. Take a look at what they've got on the lot. See if they can help you find what you need. They are located again in Canby on State Road 67. It's a little bit south and west of Indianapolis, and it's a pleasure to have Greg on the program. You know, we're talking about reparations here, and we're talking, you know, you look at... um. The, the way that we get to these these conversations and the way that we get to these these issues, um, one of the things that the left has been successful in convincing people of is this idea of systemic racism, meaning that our systems, sure, we don't have slavery anymore, leftists might say, but that system that once said that a a man, a woman could be the property of another human being. It still has systemic problems. It's a broken system. Um, and so these things manifest themselves in all sorts of ways. For example, they'll say things like you're, you're unconsciously biased. You and I are unconsciously biased. And But we need a liberal to tell us that, right? A liberal will tell us. An intellectual liberal will tell us just how un, un or how biased we are. Now, of course, they don't have any bias, or if they do, they're very conscious of their bias, so that they can be unbiased in their analysis of our biases. This is how this game is played, and people buy onto this. Just, I, I just, I don't understand. I do in one sense because people aren't free thinkers, and they also think that the people in positions of authority are smarter than they are. They are not. God gifted you with a brain. You may not be, you're not an expert in everything. I'm not an expert in everything, but you know what? We know how to think. And these things make no sense. And they've gotten to the point where they literally have convinced a lot of people who suffer from white guilt or from the guilt of prosperity or whatever to think, you know what? I think I should. I think we should. I think someone else should. Uh, pay people money, pay reparations. And it's just, it's really, it's really unfortunate. It really is. Um, it, it, it truly is to think that you're going to hold people accountable financially for something they literally had nothing, nothing to do with. Here's something I want to report. One of the, one of the things that has fueled this movement towards this concept of 
reparations is the Black Lives Matter uh, movement, who, by the way, you see one of the the co-founders, one of the three co-founders just bought a $1.4 million house. Look, I don't care how much people spend on a house, even if they politically disagree with me. But to think that you get wealthy off of a movement um, and identify yourself and the, the founders of the group as Marxists, and then to think that you um, you begin to ask questions as to what the real motivations and so forth are here. Anyway, that's that's neither here nor there. But Black Lives Matter, a study found, a study from a student at I want to say Amherst. No, no, no. He's a uh, yeah, University of Massachusetts Amherst. Travis Campbell, PhD student, found that between 2019 and two, or 2014 and 2019. Um, the cities that saw a 10% uh, Black Lives Matter protest have also seen a 10% increase in murders over that, uh, over that six-year period. In addition, they showed, these cities showed a reduction. Think about this. A reduction in lethal force by police, resulting in some 300 fewer deaths from 2014 to 2019. So the cities that saw the protests have actually been cities that have had more murders, an increase of, I think, 10% is what it said, and a decrease in police violence. That's where we've seen the most protests by Black Lives Matter. Just information. This information came from the Daily Wire as well. I've got to take a break. Quick timeout. Come back and wrap up. Sit tight. Back here in just a minute. My friends, final segment here of the program. Got to wrap up quickly. But we've got, look, there's an all-out assault on the, our way of life, our country, from multiple fronts being advanced in a lot of crazy ways. And look, we still have, we have to fight back. We have to, I think one of the things we have to do is persuade others to stop voting for jokers that do this silly stuff. Sometimes some of these uh, voters are even embarrassed by this, and they should be. Folks, I've got to go. Thanks for listening. SDG. See you tomorrow. Take care.